I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man. Honestly, I could go on and on. I could name every natural phenomenon. <laughs> Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at Mouse Madness Podcast at gmail.com. Kyle, no Mouse Madness episode is without homework. We're always doing something to get ready for each episode, but last bracket felt like cramming for finals week. There was like so many <laughs> movies to watch, so many things to break down. It was super fun and it paid off because it was a really uh, long episode and we had a lot to say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, sometimes we got we to gotta follow that up with something a little bit lighter and we do have a light episode this week, but it's still super fun. It is super fun. And we're going back to one of our uh, most popular type of brackets. Uh, we're going back into the music realm with the best Disney pop music video. Long title. Explanation is songs that are Disney songs that were released by pop artists to help promote the movie. Some of them ended up in the credits of movies. Um, and you'll understand once you see the bracket. And here to help us pick the best pop music video is very good friend of mine. It is Raymond. Raymond, welcome to the show. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. I'm a big fan of Disney, a big fan of music, and a big fan of videos and pop. <laughs> yes. So one of the major reasons why we brought you onto the show is because in high school, you and I used to sit in your computer room and watch music videos. Specifically, my favorite memory is us watching uh, Lady Gaga's Bad Romance over and over oh, and over no. again. <laughs> yeah. and so so your lover of pop, your lover of Disney, uh, when when did you become a big Disney fan and, and where does that kind of rank within your, your uh, fandoms now? Um, I would say like before I was even born, I know that my mom used to take me while I was still like in utero. And <laughs> as soon as I was born, they were taking me year one, year two, year three. And so I've always been around it and my room's always been themed kind of around it too. So it's always just been like the most accessible interest. And um, it's just grown as the days have gone by, as I get older, like I kind of got into like a, a niche YouTube realm oh. recently. And like, it's been really opening my eyes to a lot of the things I used to know as a kid and like, kind of like the good and the bad side of all of it. It's really interesting though, to like take that cover off sometimes. Uh, and yeah, so I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> the um taking the cover off is a lot of what we do here on the show we we kind of expose how wild and dumb and not great some things are but this bracket i think is going to be super fun because all of the music videos are bizarre in some way the pop artist choices are insane it's, i'm really excited this is going to be a good one but before we hop into the bracket we got to talk a little spoonful of sugar chris what are you drinking this week? I've I've got my last beer. <laughs> my last my last craft kings draft kings craft sure. beer kings. <laughs> the, this episode sponsored by Draft Kings beer. Um, <laughs> so I I specifically saved this one for last because I know it is going to be very divisive. Okay. This is a Pacific Plate Brewing Company or Chata Stout. So, 
if you don't know what a stout is, it is like a very heavy dark beer. And if you don't know what horchata is, it is like sugar, milk, and cinnamon in a cup. So I'm like, I love horchata, but stout beer makes me want to throw up. So okay. who will win out in this battle of flavors? Uh, we're going we're gonna to find out right now, and we're oh, going to try no. it out. All right. Wish me luck. That does not taste like horchata <laughs> at all. That just tastes like a stout. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know why that was in, because I guess when Ryan and Steffi ordered it, they were like, this guy likes sour beers. And they're like, oh, well, let's throw him a stout in there. Let's I'm sure he'll love a, it. A sweet and heavy beer. He's going to love it. So uh, not a fan. Not nah. a fan. Uh, what, about, what about you, Kyle? I am just drinking a cup of coffee. It is another morning recording for us. Uh, this one's not spiked. I happen to be on vacation right now, so I don't have access to the normal digs. So just a very nice cup of coffee to uh, power me through this insane bracket. Raymond, what is in your cup today? Uh, today I'm drinking a Enlightenment Yerba Mate, my mm. actual favorite. But I decided to spice it up and add some like Kirkland lemonade. <laughs> okay. And maybe later on I'll put some vodka in it. We'll see. <laughs> You might need it. You might need it. We never know. You're the um, second person to be drinking Yerba Mate Enlightenment on the show. And the first person was Eric Johnson. Of course. <laughs> Guess who put him on? I bet. <laughs> no, I don't know. Maybe I, maybe he found it on his own. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not going to claim that. Guess who put him on? Guess who was, who, who was the Yerba head first? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, before we get into music videos, uh, we got to do what we have been doing on every episode, and that is pull of the pod. We got our 50th anniversary Disney cards. We got a pack ready. We ordered them a few weeks ago. We are on a hunt to find Tom Morrow. We've got, we usually pull what, like five attraction cards, one attraction poster. Yep. Um, and, and Kyle, uh, what do we got this week? All right. Pull of the pod. We are looking for Mr. Tom Morrow. And the first card. <laughs> is just Main Street USA. <laughs> it's not even just a, uh, Main Street. Just it's just Main Street. An attraction uh, in itself. I guess so. Uh this is one of the five lands cards on the front of it is a black and white photo from what looks like probably the 50s or 60s. <laughs> There's a carnation uh old school car driving down Main Street and in the background is Ruggles China and Glass Shop. So uh, Main Street USA. Next up, oh baby, here we go. We got the Matterhorn. Mm-hmm. Ooh, big nice. pick, big pick. Nineteen fifty nine on the front. We got the mountain face. Uh, this is not the photo of the Matterhorn with the Skyway buckets that used to go through it. Uh, this is a much more modern day photo. Uh, and on the back is a photo of the sign of the Matterhorn. So that that's a good pull, but it's not. Um, mm. <laughs> it's not Tom Morrow. <laughs> And then this, pack, this is probably the worst pack. Oh no! Um, uh, we have Main Street Summers. Ooh, <laughs> I've seen this. I have too. So this this is um or sorry, not Summers. We have Main Street Swimmers. Oh, and uh, yeah. So this is a photo of an Olympic sized pool going down Main Street USA, and I believe. That this is from when they held uh, like the Olympic. Yeah. So on the back, it says Disney Swim with the Stars event featured Olympic gold medalist Michael Phelps. The pool on Main Street was built in 24 hours. 
so timely, timely for the uh, Tokyo I Olympics, guess so. I guess, <laughs> it's if we must. Jeez, uh, I don't remember that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, neither do I. That's uh, it's wow. a crazy idea to bring to the table, honestly, turn mainstream into a pool. And then we have probably the worst one. <laughs> Great moments with Mr. Lincoln. Hey, there he is. There getting, he is, though. We're, we're getting closer to Tom Morrow. Uh, this is a photo of the animatronic uh, get, delivering a speech. And our attraction poster of the pack is Snow White's Scary Adventures. And honestly, nice. this, is a, this is a good nice. one. This is a, yeah. a very nice, a very nice cool. card. It's the Let's old go. school attraction poster. Um, obviously it's, this isn't even what it's called anymore, but yeah, this is, this is good. So no Tom Morrow, but the pool of the pod gave us some weirdness, a Matterhorn great, an Olympic pool and Abraham Lincoln. So we're still in the search for Tom Morrow. We'll pull next time, but Chris, we are heading in to the bracket, the main topic of the show. Uh, but before we do, we had a demographic to survey of folks to give us this bracket of 16 of the best Disney pop music videos, uh, not just songs, we're talking videos. And the demographic we chose is the Jungle Cruise reviewers. So we sent the interns back into Disneyland uh, this week or earlier last week. Jungle Cruise reopened. It had been closed. They changed back. a lot of the outdated uh, depictions of, of folks of color in it. Um, and they added a bunch of Easter eggs that tie into the whole uh, the Disney, uh, what is it, the uh, Society of Explorers and Adventurers, which ties into Disney Sea in Tokyo, which ties into a lot that's in Walt Disney World. So the queue is completely renovated. Uh, the folks that are climbing up the pole away from the rhino aren't all just like people of color and a white explorer. Trader Sam is gone. His hut is taken over by a bunch of monkeys. All fantastic changes. I think that we think so. And there are folks online and folks in the parks who obviously had some opinions about it. Some people didn't understand why it needed to be changed. Some people loved it because now it ties into the entire explorers and adventurers type thing. So we asked people, what are your favorite Disney music videos specifically performed by pop song singers? And they gave us 16 incredible music videos. But of course, a few did not make it. So Chris, what is one or two that missed the dance for you? Well, one of them is 18s. I can't help falling in love from oh, Lilo so and good. Stitch, so which, good. you know, it's it's got that kind of like 18s vibe, you know, like a lot of dancing on just a blank white background Yeah. <laughs> to a Lilo and Stitch song that's like not not the best, but uh, <laughs> very, very like re- recognizable and like memorable Disney music video for sure. Uh, other one is Cheetah Girls Girl Power, which I don't know that it really counts because it was kind of like a music video within the movie. And sure. then they like repurposed it for just playing it like it was a real music video on right. like the Disney Channel and stuff. Uh, but it's goofy. It's cheesy, which is why I like it. Uh, so so surprise that one's not on there. Well, what about you? Um, so my <laughs> mine is one that we talked about during the best disney mania bracket and it's hillary duff's enchanted tiki room uh Mm. tiki 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 room and this is not it's like a pseudo music video because like the music video is her in the recording booth and she's like singing into a mic and she's like super stoked and she's super happy 
and then it cuts into interviews and stuff. So it's not quite a music video, but it's one that stands out to me because it's just such an insane rendition of the song. And we brought this up during the Disney Mania bracket. It sounded like she was handed the lyrics about 30 seconds before she hopped on the mic and was like, I think this is how it goes. Um, and so anytime that we talk about pop and Disney, I have to go with Hillary Duff's Enchanted Tiki Room because it's absolutely insane. Um, Raymond, when you got the bracket, was there anything missing from it uh, that you felt maybe could have made this bracket just from uh, your memory of Disney pop songs? I just, when I grew up, I remember singing like a lot whenever it would come on the um, A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes with like the whole Disney Channel cast. Yes. And I don't know if that like would count for this list, but I remember that being very influential in my life because like I got to see those people like not in character and I was like kind of tripping out on it. And also <laughs> the song was great. It was like updated version of the Cinderella one. So it was cool. Yeah, absolutely. The um, what they call them, the Circle of Stars, I think, was their like band name <laughs> because we we talked about them doing the Circle of Life. That was another one that they showed a lot on the Disney Channel. It was good. Raven and, did that one for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, so good. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and so yeah, so the Disney Channel folks could have made this bracket. Um, we're talking about. Disney songs that relate back to movies specifically, and that probably would have qualified. Um, and so, yeah, these these are 16 incredible, incredible picks. And it is time, Chris, to announce the bracket of 16. Let's go ahead and cue the dramatic music. Here we go. Sitting in a room of candles is our number one seed. It's Reflection by Christina Aguilera. Phil Harmonic Phil is back. Coming in at number two, it's You'll Be In My Heart by Phil Collins. Jammin' from a dilapidated home is our number three seed. It's Can You Feel the Love Tonight by Elton John. We didn't have to switch positions for the number four seed. It's Ariana Grande and John Legend's rendition of Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Coming in like a wrecking ball to the five seed is The Climb by Miley Cyrus. Bacon soda, I got bacon soda. Coming in at number six from the movie Coco, <laughs> it's Remember Me, the duo by Miguel featuring Natalia Lacaforda. Sitting with Sisu at the number seven spot is Lead the Way by Janae Aiko. Coming back to the water is the number eight seed, How Far I'll Go by Alicia Cara. Singing its heart out at the number nine spot is Lost in the Woods by Weezer. Turn down the lights for the number 10 seed. It's When Can I See You Again by Owl City. Whispering at the 11th seed is Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride by Jump 5. It's back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel because the number 12 seed is Ever Ever After by Carrie Underwood. Delivering a ballad at the 13 seed is Go the Distance by Michael Bolton. Call me Mermaybe? Coming in at number 14 is Part of Your World by Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> Daddy Lynn sneaks his way into the 15 seed with You're Welcome by Jordan Fisher featuring Lin-Manuel Miranda. No, I'm going to have to go actually. <laughs> Not Daddy Lynn. Oh, I'm sick. <laughs> no, okay, sorry. Keep going. Yo. Welcome to the best collaboration of all time. The number 16 seed, If I Didn't Have You by Emily Osment and Mitchell Musso. 
Uh, Chris, we have uh, 16 incredible songs, 16 incredible music videos. Uh, that last one is going to hurt my soul a little bit. Raymond, when you saw this list of 16 music videos, uh, did anything surprise you with the seating? Uh, did you have any favorites without lending your hand at maybe what's the front runner for you? Um, I actually didn't know this Jenny Aiko song existed, so that was fun. Right. Yeah. Um, I didn't add anything to my life, didn't take anything away, so it just is there. Uh, I love Carly Rae Jepsen, so I was really happy to hear her just like kind of do her little hyper pop vibe, her crazy yeah. voice. It was fun. I think it was cool to look back at the decades. Some of these were very corny. Yeah. I think it was a little time capsule for some of these movies, and it's cute. All right, so let's get things started with the number one seed, Christina Aguilera's version of Reflection from 1998, the original Mulan, versus number 16, If I Didn't Have You, by <laughs> Mitchell Musso and Emily Osment. All right, let's start with Reflection. Let's just get that one out of the way. Um, yeah, this one is like very well known. This yes. one uh, played at the end of the VHS, at the end of the Mulan VHS. And this is this this like not the video, the 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 version of the song uh was popular. Uh, it 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 did well and it made its way onto uh obviously the Mulan CD that was the soundtrack and also onto the first Disney Mania. It was yeah. kind of like it was kind of like the thing, the springboard for the idea of Disney Mania. Is like right, and, is like yeah. let's Let's make more of these like pop star remixes. Yep. Uh, so Christina is kind of the fairy godmother of like of like modern Disney pop renditions. I mean, we've had pop popular artists do Disney songs for, for forever. Yeah. But uh, this was kind of like the, the way we know it today, where every movie has a pop star doing a rendition that gets right. a lot of exposure and adult music video to go along with it. This is a star. At least I can remember. Totally. Um, so the music video starts and you get some comic sans font in the video info. <laughs> Cause I guess that's the only font they had at the time. And, and this is like a common theme in a lot of these music videos. It's like the artist doing the video and then cut with scenes from the movie that yep. they're singing the song to. Yep. So there's a lot of Mulan like throughout uh, this video. She's doing the song, um, and and Christina is basically walking around the Epcot Pavilion. Okay, the China, so is that the China is that Pavilion where it Epcot? A hundred percent. Like oh I don't know God. for sure. I don't know for sure, but I know for sure. Okay, like, okay. Because like, I tried to look it up. I like Googled um, where was reflection shot because I was like, "There's no way they flew her to China to like, do this." <laughs> no, I like, saw that. <laughs> Actually, in my notes, I have filmed at PF Chang's. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> that could be in any place. It's like it it's very clearly like Oh my god. Mom, mom, can we have China? We have China at home. <laughs> yep. Oh um, my goodness. So um <laughs> like it it's not super exciting. She's just like walking around and just like staring into the camera. Uh, she's indoors at one point with like a bunch of candles. Mm -hmm. She's she's walking along the water and like looking at her reflection, uh, standing outside of the, the big like landmark structure that's at this China pavilion. Uh, at, at one point, she she has a dove. Yeah, and she picks up a dove <laughs> and she pets the dove and like releases the dove and like in slow-mo it like flies 
away into the sky of fake China. Yeah. It's like in that moment, you realize, I don't know that Christina Aguilera is the right person for this song now. Sure. Like, like I would much rather have Leia Salonga do this music video because like there's nothing Chinese about this at all. (laughs) When, when this movie it does a pretty good job at like providing representation for these people. And the Christina Aguilera is the face of the music video. Like doesn't, right. doesn't line up for me. Um, and, and like ultimately it's a, it's a music video. I remember, I know very well, but like in, in revisiting it, it's not particularly good. No. So like, I understand why it's a number one seed, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't know that it's a, it's a like number one seed. That's dangerous. <laughs> no. Could be, could be, could be vulnerable to some upsets, which brings us to our number 16 seed. <laughs> and that's, that's if I didn't have you by Emily Osmond and Mitchell Musso, which was a Disney mania song. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember which Disney mania it was on, but uh, it was one, one of the latter ones that they just started being like, all right, no more actual stars. Like, let's just all Disney stars. The Disney channels. Yeah. Uh, you want a song? You get a song. Sure, let's do it. And so they chose Emily and Mitchell to do this version of the Toy Story song. Now, I don't know Monsters anything. Inc. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it's the it, okay, end Monsters Inc. song. Monsters Inc. Yeah. You've got a friend in me is the Toy Story song, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, it's a Pixar song about friendship. So. <laughs> Uh, okay, so I don't know anything at all about Hannah Montana. And Same. these are both characters from Hannah Montana, yeah. right? So are they friends on the show? Like the characters? Yeah, they're besties. Okay, so so like the, the, the collab makes sense. The collab makes sense. And there's actually another layer to it. Because if you think of them singing it to Miley Cyrus, um, the, the lyric, I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you, actually makes a lot of sense. Because mm. they were just the sidekicks. So to put mm. Miley out of the song, it's like, here's these best friends. Do you guys like them without Hannah or no? And the answer was no. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it was like, yes, they, they, they tried so hard to make these two happen. Yes. Um, and, and neither of them really worked out on their own. I will say, I personally really enjoy Emily Osment in Young and Hungry on ABC, which came out in like 2015. Hmm. Um, so like not until she had reached adulthood. Um, super funny show for like a three camera sitcom, which I traditionally do not like. So so there's that. But um, um, Cyberbully, another very funny movie with Emily Osment. <laughs> oh, okay. She hasn't really done much. I'm glad to hear that you like her show because she is. A, yeah, she's a comedy girl. So they yeah. Should, oh yeah, no, she's funny. Okay, so the music video. They are at like a middle school or a high school and and it's it's like maybe lunchtime and they're just like walking around campus uh dancing with like a bunch of backup dancers. Uh, um and there's a DJ, of course. Like this it reminds me of Friday lunchtime at Ramona High School. Like where I went to school because sure. they all ASB would always like bring out some speakers and like someone would DJ uh, and and like that was the vibe. All California schools are outdoors, which is like something not a lot of people realize from other parts of the country. So like this is this is a pretty like almost realistic like uh, depiction of 
high school in yeah, lunchtime the activities. mid 2000s you know totally totally uh the, the costuming is a lot of neon yeah a lot of it like it it's that it's that like uh guitar hero era where everyone <laughs> was going like very slightly rock and roll like yeah. subtle like people were wearing vests and yes. like uh, sun- sunglasses at all times yeah. and that that big hair was was kind of a thing for guys uh by the way Mitchell Musso's hair in this <laughs> video is it's 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 just pristine mm-hmm. and yes. i know the walt disney family museum is in northern california i would like to advocate that we get Mitchell Musso's hair into the Walt Disney Family Museum because <laughs> that thing, of, that is iconic. Yeah, that, like the hair, not Mitchell Musso, just the hair. Well, yeah, you'll be happy to know it is a wig. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. It's not a wig. <laughs> uh, okay, there was a lot of products. Scared. I was scared for a second. I think he like slept with a beanie like we used to back in the day. Oh yep. my gosh, this yep. is yep. Yeah, I wrote that it probably gave uh, Ryan Murphy the little spark he needed to make Glee. It was giving like, oh, very much yeah. like lunchtime musical. Uh, looked like a Kmart ad. I had Old Navy. I had Old Navy. I actually wrote that too. <laughs> <laughs> Kmart slash Old Navy. Yeah, it was given like summer sale for sure. Um, Mr. Musa kind of had a little flavor with him. I felt like he walked so uh, Machine Gun Kelly could run possibly. I'm actually going to say that. I, I think uh, you might be whoa. right to be honest. Kind of sounds like wow. the blueprint for that one redhead rapper from Lemonade Mouth. <laughs> I mean, we don't acknowledge that movie on this podcast. Oh, I might have to get off then. That's kind of my favorite. <laughs> oh, oh my! That's I'm like kind of shook right now. Actually, uh, I literally had to turn it off. I still add it to my playlists. Like, oh uh, shoot, she's so gone by Princess Jasmine. No, no. Anyway, that's a good movie though. But it's okay. We all have differing opinions over here. Sure. Held sure. up against uh, this song. Held up against Christina Aguilera though. Kind of seems like a setup. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, like I said, like Christina Aguilera is Christina Aguilera. Reflection is reflection, but like all of it converging for this music video, like it's not really shining for me. And like, not that if I didn't have you is shining for me. I just got more enjoyment out of watching this Mitchell Musso and Emily Osment thing. And the song is not bad. I think if I was hosting like a family like birthday party or something and they wanted some Disney music, I might throw on this version <laughs> over the Randy Newman, you know? Or the Billy Crystal or whatever. Randy Newman is not the party vibe. No, never. So, you know, Mitchell Musso, though, like party boy, get the party started. So I, you know, I think I think I I think I have upset. I think I have Mitchell Musso and Emily Osmond advancing over reflection. Yeah, I don't. I have reflection and I don't think that reflection is going to like it's definitely not my favorite music video. I don't think it's even very good. But the way that the if I. Uh, if I didn't have you music video was made just felt forced like everything about it like dress these kids up in today's fashion like at that moment which didn't help hold up at all neon pants with the vests and the zebra prints and very big LMFAO vibes like that did not stick around for very long Um, two actors who are basically irrelevant now 
Uh, and that if you showed that music video to anybody now, including us, you didn't even know that they were like best friends on the show, Hannah Montana. Like they're kind of irrelevant. This music video is just feels like a even a, a, a more forced promotion for the Disney Channel. Uh, obviously, Christina's song was forced promotion for the movie Mulan because they released it to the radio and and it charted at like 19. It was like her first chart charted song, which is bonkers that it was this Disney song. Um, I agree. She probably wasn't the right pick for it. She does it beautifully. But I think that if we were to do it today, which we did do it today, which she still sang reflection on the new Mulan. So like if we did it today, then maybe they wouldn't choose her. Well, they chose her. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the fact that it was shot probably at Epcot that it was kind of corny 90s like it's not a great music video but it's so quintessential of the time that i can put that on and watch it and we can gather around and be like this is hilariously 90s and enjoyable music video while the other one is just like what am i watching irrelevant song irrelevant actors not about it so i'm moving reflection on which means raymond you're breaking the tie here to start this bracket sorry chris the party rockers are just not in the house tonight it's gonna have to go to christina <laughs> And the, right. Rachel, the Rachel haircut really set it over the edge for me. <laughs> the party rockers are definitely not in the house <laughs> tonight. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It's number eight, Alessia Cara's How Far I'll Go versus the number nine, uh, Weezer's Lost in the Woods. How Far I'll Go. That music video looked like they had Alessia show up about 10 minutes before shooting and just said, Grab a rake, girl. This is all you're going to be doing. <laughs> no, make the rake first. Make the rake. <laughs> Here, we're get, we have a shot of you putting together this Lego pieced wood rake. And then you're going to go ahead and, and put a design in the sand. Yeah. She was wearing just like a grace hoodie and some jeans. That's literally Jeez. what I wrote. I wrote, she makes music for girls who wear jeans to the beach. <laughs> and it was, and that's it. And that's why she is the way she is. She's popular because of it. And I, I support it. Hey, listen. I love this version of the song. I, yes. I like Leslie Akara just in general. Like, I think that she has a very unique, fun voice that makes pop songs for people that wear jeans to the beach. And I love it. Like, it's great music that you can just put on at any time. But this music video just felt like they panicked and they're like, oh, shoot, we, we have to shoot a music video. Where is she? Oh, she's living in Calabasas. Get her to the beach right now. <laughs> <laughs> if we have this idea, she's going to put this like tribal print into the sand. So the entire music video is just her hanging out at the beach sitting in some rocks, sitting in little alcoves. And then the second half of the music video is her raking a design into the sand. Uh, I really like, as I said, this version of the song. I think it's uh, well done. It's very, you know, pop of the day. So you have a little bit of like, little bit of EDM influence in it uh, during her little breakdown of the, the chorus. But otherwise, I think it, I, I just really like the song, but the music video just isn't, that great lost in the woods that is a great music video folks <laughs> that is a great music video um i remember when leaving frozen 2 and being like lost in the woods is going to be like the song like that stole the show and it did for me i listened to that song specifically over and over and over again uh, and we talked about it in our frozen 2 uh recap years ago but it's just such a it's a great song for a great character in the moment to kind of lighten the mood of the movie, I think, especially at that time, because that's a dark movie. Like that's a movie of of 
reevaluating relationships, both familial and uh, love interests. Like it's a dark movie. So to throw that into it was just a great choice by them, I think. So Weezer is dressed up as, you know, these like Nordic folk. And they're in this very obvious like set uh, with fake trees and fake snow. And it's it's meant to be as corny as the song is. And they lean into it. And it's Weezer's the perfect choice to do that song, uh, especially at that time where they were about to release this like Weezer Van Halen album yeah. where they they write original songs in the style of Van Halen. Like this is such a, a correct trajectory for them. And uh, they pulled Kristen Bell in to also star yes. in it, which yes. is like a great choice like it's just you know a lot of these are just like the pop singers singing into a camera or whatever and they involve like the voice talent in this she doesn't do a whole lot she's just kind of the love interest and and they're just cornying it up the entire way uh, i think that in this matchup it has to be weezer like alessia cara's uh, music video just isn't interesting and the weezer music video at least keeps you laughing it has the cameo with Kristen bell um it's shot you know quintessential love cheesiness uh, i think it's great so lost in the woods is definitely going to move on past how far i'll go here so i don't know if you caught this but i caught it immediately it's not just like in the style of a corny music video it is a shot for shot remake of the version that's in the movie yes <laughs> yes and so it's, but it's just done like poorly like they yes. have the, yeah. the drummer like walk up very <laughs> like stone face like not acting at all to uh yeah it's very very good so I like I watched it and I was like, OK, that was definitely like an attempt at shot for shot. So I got to see if this is like a true shot for shot. So I I held, had it playing on my TV Weezer, had it playing on my laptop, Jonathan Goff. And it's pretty much exact. That's amazing. Other than other than like the shots of the band playing. Right. But like a lot of those little smaller interactions, like the like singing into the pine cone <laughs> or the like, you know, the goofy like Bohemian Rhapsody like characters yeah. behind him, like you are mine. Yeah. Um, or perhaps the best part when he's he's like running towards Anna to like hug like ghost Anna. There's like a little like rock formation and like the top rock like falls off. And I mean, like it's crazy. How like to the second they yes. like hit they hit that in the music video, um, like so much effort went into this to make it like like that, you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. Which to me is like uh, the hallmark of a music video. It's not thrown together. It's not let's get the artist, let's have them stare into the camera and sing. It's like we have this idea. It's an art form. It's a short film, and like. Yeah. That that does that this Weezer music video, which I love, 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 and like just like you, I love the song. Uh, this so like I I kind of kept track of view count for some of these music videos. This Weezer music video has seven million views, which Whoa. is like absolutely nothing. Uh, How far I'll go has two hundred and sixty three million views. Um, it's like, crim I, like criminally like overlooked by a lot of people, I guess. Yeah. Thank goodness the Jungle Cruise viewers have seen it because, <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, I, I'm with you on kind of the like low effort into this Alessia Cara 
how far I'll go video. For the record, there are two Alessia Cara songs on my iTunes top 25 most played. Number number two of all time is Stay, Alessia yeah. Cara and Zed. <laughs> yeah. And number 18 is this song. Uh, so I'm with you. It is incredible. It's one yeah. of those songs that like, I can listen to you anywhere and I don't have to feel bad about it. Like <laughs> sometimes I'll be in the gym, you know, roll up to the deadlift platform and I got little wooden head from Pinocchio on. And I'm like, I'm like about to pull like 350. Um, and I feel like awkward. But with this, it's like, hey, you know what? This song slaps. It's Disney, but it slaps and no one can disagree with that, you know? Yeah. So this song has a special place in my heart. I think they do a better job at kind of like keeping you invested in the music video because she is like making this pattern and you're kind sure. of like, you're kind of like uh, interested in seeing what it's going to look like in the end. So okay. like there's yeah. a reason to stay tuned into the video, which they do not do in Christina Aguilera reflection. They do not do in, in if I didn't have you, um, right. So I like that there's there is a little bit something and obviously like the visuals are great. There's some really cool drone footage of the ocean. This is something you could throw on at a party and like people would be really into it. But I think I don't I really like have been waiting for this how far I'll go song to get onto the podcast. But but it got the worst draw because yeah. this Lost in the Woods video is so, so, so good. So I'm agreeing with you. Raymond, do you agree with that? I do too, yeah. Alessia Cara, it's a it's a cute moment. I could see it, like you said, at the background of a party, maybe the background of like a Hollister store. I think that <laughs> it was cool for them to switch up the song enough where it sounds very different from the actual Moana voice actress. No, I'm avoiding saying her name because I'll butcher it. But I think that it was a cool moment for her. I think she sounds great. But the Weezer video for sure had a lot more like effort and fun and like it, it's kind of cool that I can wonder was that Weezer's idea or was that like Disney team idea? And I think that adds a layer to it also. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, so let's move on to the next matchup. It's number four, Ariana Grande and John Legend's version of Beauty and the Beast from the 2017 Beauty and the Beast movie. Yeah, we always, Sounds we always right. ruin the year. <laughs> Sounds right. Uh, going up against number 13, Michael Bolton's Go the Distance. Oh my wow. goodness. Oh, two, what a matchup. Two freaking terrible music videos. Oh, uh, what? Uh, what? All right. What? All right. Here we go. Here we go. Let's oh tee it up. Oh my goodness. Let's start with Beauty and the Beast. All right. 264 million views on this video. Very, very like well-viewed video. Healthy, healthy number of views. Uh, listen, First of all, uh, they're clearly not in the same room and they, well, they did not film on the same day. John yeah. Legend and Ariana Grande. Like they did not have the budget to pay for <laughs> what the food that like all they, they'd require <laughs> for like both of these stars or maybe their schedules were so busy they couldn't get them in the room at the same time. Well, what I um, remember is I think on Twitter, I think that before she hopped on off of it, Chrissy had posted a video or photo of them shooting this music video. And that's John's piano in their like front room of their house. Like he shot Beauty and the Beast from the house, just brought the crew just showed up there. So he's just playing the piano in his front room. 
Um, that, and, uh, and yes, you can definitely tell that they're just kind of like layered into this fake ballroom. Is he locked in that house, John Legend? With the beast? <laughs> I mean, we haven't seen him, Matt. The, like, so, so like that makes sense because normally like when you shoot on a green screen and they have to like key you into a different background, it looks pretty good. Sure. And like w- when you have a controlled environment that you're filming, the lighting is very, very like uh, um, intricately... Controlled right controlled and so you could tell it was just it was just different lighting on john legend's face and he he had a lot of like feathering and blur like around his body and this piano and i'm like this just is so bad like it's like it it looks it looks awful to be honest it's not like oh like if you look closely it looks awful like it just looks bad like (laughs) on upon first viewing it looks bad yeah um it's like the cgi thing that these live action remakes all kind of have where like my eyes will just kind of like go really fuzzy yeah. over and just kind of accept that I'm seeing it, but not really like watching it. If you know what I yeah. mean? The CGI, it stood out. Like it, it looked really weird. It kind of looked fake. It was kind of just like a, a big colorful mess. I would say <laughs> similar yeah. to the movie itself, which I thought maybe was on brand, I guess. <laughs> sure. The, uh, the, the song itself, like I've already on record many times on this podcast said that I, I find this song to be a bit overrated, uh, not bad, but just overrated. Um, it's not anywhere near like my top 20 Disney songs ever. So uh, I don't have that going for me. I do like the work of the artists, Ariana Grande in particular. Like, I think she's incredible. Um, love that she is involved. She's always kind of felt Disney adjacent because she grew up as a child star in Nickelodeon. She did a zero to hero for a, we love Disney album. She did can't say I'm in love for uh, Disney family sing along. which obviously was much later, but um, she's always kind of expressed like a fandom in Disney as well. So uh, it was nice to kind of like have her on the record in something big yeah. for Disney. Um, it just like, it just, it just felt really boring to me, unfortunately uh go the distance this music video is 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 confusing is is one (laughs) word i would use to describe it because i don't really know what exactly they're going for it tries to attempt some type of storytelling element where like michael bolton is in this museum and then they show at the beginning these kids like breaking into the museum with the flashlight yeah and then and then like a security guard kind of like walking after them like maybe he's he he knows someone is in the museum and and no one ever meets up like michael bolton the kids or the security guard like no no one ever runs into each other no so there's never there's never a payoff for like whatever they were trying to set up so i don't know what theme they were going like is michael bolton a, a statue and and they want to like they're trying to break in to see him yeah uh, were they Who just knows? like curious kids trying to do like a night at the museum thing Right. I don't know. But then like the statues come to life at the end and kind of like are like watching the people as they're walking through this museum. But the people never notice that the statues are alive. So that doesn't really have a payoff either. It's just. It's very strange. It's it feels confusing. it feels it feels random. It's scary. I'm not going to um, lie. The yeah. statues coming yeah. alive at the end, they felt very aggressive. There was like a close up of all their weapons, like, and then they would focus on the kids, and it was like, okay, what's about to go down? Yeah, and then nothing goes down. So weird, so weird. Um, Michael Bolton's rendition of the song very sexy, 
Yeah. Very, like, very, very Michael Bolton. Yes. But, but like, this is one of those renditions where the clips playing in between the song like ruin the vibe because he'll be like, I'll find my way. And it'll be like a goofy, like Hades, like beat, you know, it just, the tone doesn't always match up. Uh, so I don't like that. Uh, they attempted some projection mapping before projection mapping was a thing. And they tried to like project onto the statue. I don't really know if like the intention was just to have like a tiny rectangle like on the statue's like chest or they like attempted or like in their head. It was like, we're going to have the whole statue. Is this, like, <laughs> and then they tried it and like, this doesn't work. We don't know how to do this. They didn't know how to work alpha mat layers on After Effects back in the 90s, I guess. Right. Um, yeah, uh, just weird. It, this is a really hard matchup for me um, because I don't I don't really like either of these. I think I will go for Beauty and the Beast just because the video itself, I think, has more cultural significance based on the high view count, based on the star appeal um, and based on the fact that it is something that was kind of like produced independently in uh, relation to the release of the movie. Uh, so I'll go I'll go Beauty and the Beast begrudgingly. <laughs> yeah, I um I think that the despite all of its faults, Beauty and the Beast, at least they were able to what I felt like seamlessly fit them into this narrative of them performing the song for you know that that dance number, almost like they're in the ballroom for uh that number. You get the shots of Emma Watson and and the Beast like dancing in the background. Um, there was a little bit more of an effort for this to be more than just Ariana and John singing into a camera. You get the like rose petal dancers that form the rose and do this whole like dance thing. So there was a little bit more effort into the the artsiness of it than maybe a like Christina Aguilera's reflection. So you can see the direction they were going. Uh, definitely, you can tell that they're both not there together. You can definitely tell that they're keyed into the cgi world like it's the set of the movie and most of the movie is cgi so uh they just had the sets ready on their on the computer and just put in john and ariana but it it felt more natural than uh michael bowen michael bowen as you said the story doesn't make any sense you don't actually have a payoff at the end the statues are alive apparently what are they doing are the kids about to die by these statues <laughs> Uh, who knows? Michael is just like wind, long hair, wind blowing, singing this like ballad about believing in yourself as a love song. <laughs> you know, like that's who he is and that's how he sings it. So the fact that the story of the music video just doesn't make sense. It feels like they that was the big name at the time to sing ballads and they had a ballad in the movie and they just got him and they said, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, so Despite its faults, it's definitely being in the beast that's moving on. Raymond, uh, do you agree? Yes, I agree. I had this image right now of John Legend singing I Can Go the Distance, and I thought that actually sounded a lot nicer, maybe. Mm. I think Michael Bolton mm. brings something really in nineties to the table, like you said, like the like uh the hair nice. is very like romance novel, there's the leather jacket, a lot of neck veins, but it still just wasn't <laughs> enough. Like it couldn't compare with the the costuming in the Beauty and the Beast video. I felt like there was just a lot more effort from everyone's part in that one. Totally. Let's move on to this next matchup. It is number five, The Climb by Miley Cyrus versus the number 12, Ever Ever After by Carrie Underwood. The Climb comes from Hannah Montana, the movie. 
Ever Ever After is the end credits of Enchanted. Um, Carrie Underwood's music video is basically Enchanted, <laughs> the movie. She starts out animated. We get an animated Carrie Underwood that was very shoddily done. They just kind of <laughs> threw it together, yeah. it felt like. Yeah. Like her, yeah. her mouth didn't actually move to the correct words. Like it, it, her mouth just kind of opened up, falls into the well, pops up out of, uh, well, it doesn't pop up shows up <laughs> as in in new york city and is walking along the street as her prince is trying to find her she's very uh oblivious to him and where he is and and he's chasing her asking people on the street have you seen this girl basically she's singing this song that honestly i forgot about until this bracket um and at the end uh all she had to do the entire time was turn around because he was just a city block away and she turns around and sees him they live happily ever, ever after. The Climb by Miley Cyrus was um, similar to the Michael Bolton, where they had this idea and they went for it, but they didn't quite know how to execute it. There's a lot of projection mapping. There's a lot of projections just on Miley in general. <laughs> I haven't seen the movie, and there's a lot of scenes of her in the movie with her love interest. And, you know, it's very tween heartthrob like let, i'm singing my heart out like this is my anthem i this gets this is going to get every tween through middle school anthem you know um and at one point she's she's singing in the rain she's walking down a, a long long road that's obviously a like green screen projection of a of a road the worst cgi potentially in this racket <laughs> is when the horses run across the the road it is awful i can't believe they even like left it in like they unless they had a shortage of footage but like it didn't add anything it just it was awful and then she's put on a cliff and she's like standing on a cliff and the camera's going above her and the ground like shifts over her feet because it's a like cgi <laughs> set that she's standing on she's obviously standing on like green platforms with the green screen behind her and it's just it's so distracting it is just an awful music video the entire time you're just like waiting for the song to be over because you're like i don't care about this music video anymore um so the the carrie underwood one is so cheesy but so is enchanted and it kind of matches up with the vibe uh it's obviously not a music video neither of these that i would ever go back to and watch ever again um but in this like kind of eh -eh matchup i'm gonna go with carrie underwood just because like i cannot stand the miley music video it is just so poorly done that it just blows my mind that they were like eh, good enough release it <laughs> so um the climb by miley cyrus is the most viewed music video in this bracket at 421 million views. That's that Miley um, power. It's the Miley power. Uh, I'm like you. I'd never seen the movie before. I do. I do like the song. I do like the song, the climb, but there is just so much going on in this, this music video. A lot of times they'll have like, you know, like the Michael Bolton one. It was like, you've got the clips from the movie. You've got Michael Bolton and you've got some museum stuff. This one has like eight things. It's like you got Miley singing in the rain. Miley singing against a projector. Miley walking down this like staircase. Uh, shots from the movie. Shots from the movie projected onto Miley Cyrus. There was just <laughs> there was just so many different things 
And and like you said, none of it was done particularly well. Uh, and it was very like moldy grape was like the aesthetic of this, <laughs> of the like color palette for this video. Not, not, not good. So I'm agreeing with you and sending Carrie Underwood on. Uh, I am a huge Carrie Underwood fan and I will talk more about her and this music video in the next matchup. But before I, I let the climb go, I, I will give you both homework and the Mouse Madness listeners homework. Watch Bound 2 by Kanye West and tell me that Kanye didn't at least steal a little bit <laughs> yeah. of the concept of that video from Miley Cyrus's The Climb video. It's got a lot of the exact same aesthetic elements. Horses. You got horses, <laughs> deserts, vistas, a road, like the way that it's kind of like composed digitally like it it's insane how similar the vibes are oh you're so right you're so right i'm sad that you guys haven't watched the movie because i do feel like the music video paired with the movie hits a little bit harder okay. i think that the climb is was such a cultural reset for pretty much all disney stars like that was a big moment for her i am i'm gonna let it go because i'm, I'm outnumbered here Sure. But I, I just want to share a couple things <coughs> I had written down. And this is coming from a big Miley stand, but I did write that the video probably cost around $8. <laughs> maybe maybe more. I don't know. Um, I think that the aesthetics were kind of reminding me of like a, like a classic kind of like butt rock type of sound, like almost like a Nickelback vibe. Like yeah. the whole the whole fake desert scene, like, yeah, it was gross, but it also was iconic. I got to admit. And... Sure. I also said that um, Lucas Till, the main love interest from that movie, anytime yeah. he's in the music video, I will be tuning in. That is a king, a tractor <laughs> legend. We love we love to see him. Um, uh, you pointed out the Bound 2 music video. I actually wrote down Rihanna used the exact same effects in her We Found Love video. And it's kind of like very oh. reminiscent of this Miley video. Because like oh. it's like where they blow smoke into like the light and it's all like moving around like a lava lamp around her. And I'm pretty yeah. sure they took notes from this video. So it did reset the culture. Maybe yep. not as big as this Carrie Underwood song was, but I will say both are both are good. Both are very good. <laughs> that oh that Rihanna video like might be in my top three music videos. Like See, ever. Yeah, that is literally. that is a good music video. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's hop over to the other side of the bracket. We've got some juggernauts here. We've got number two, Phil Collins, You'll Be in My Heart, versus number <laughs> First number 15, You're Welcome if, by Jordan Fisher featuring <laughs> Lin-Manuel. If by juggernauts, you mean two awful music videos that are basically the same music video. Like both of these are the same music video. Yeah. How did how did two split screen music videos end up <laughs> up against each other in this bracket? It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, OK, we'll start with Phil Collins. Um, it's interesting coming off of this Miley Cyrus video and off of the Ariana Grande video and then coming into this Phil Collins video, which was produced like 20 years before and looks incredible. <laughs> I don't, I am pretty good at like identifying some of the production techniques. I truly do not know how they did this. Yeah. With like half of Phil's face and body being like, in a walkway in London and then half of his body being in like an underground like sewage tunnel and him like dancing and singing the it just it looks like he's really there like in both places 
but his body is like perfectly in sync. I, like I said, I truly, I truly, I truly don't know. Um, it might be, it might have something to do with like old, like shooting stuff on film and they might've like physically like cut, like cut him out of like the film cells or something. I don't know, hmm. but it like, it's corny, but at the same time sort of holds up. So the, like the music video itself is kind of boring. He's just really <laughs> singing into the camera and like half of his body is going through one location and half of his body's in another location or you'll have two people like holding hands through the split screen. Um, it's just taking you around to different parts of the globe, like different geographical type settings. And I don't know. I want to say it's boring, but I was really inspired at the same time watching this because I think it really helps you kind of like understand what the song is about that it, love yeah. is something that trans transcends space. Um, and that, and, and it's something that people from all walks of life can experience. Sure. And so while there's really nothing to the music video, like story wise, it really does all that it has to do. It, it complements the song very well. I think it was interesting. That video was the first one that I saw that didn't really have any bits of the movie involved with it. It was kind of just a Phil Collins, like standalone art project. And I did write, it was visually stunning for sure. I thought that, um, the lighting effects were kind of giving like a, a, a dark fill light fill type thing. Uh, kind of yeah. like the evil side of him was also loving the, the good side of him. Yeah. Um, it was of its time for sure. Because I feel like a lot of those were kind of like just trying to blow our mind with the visual effects. But like you said, it still stands up. It still kind of blows my mind a little bit. More entertaining than these recent ones, that's for sure. Yeah, it was an impressive like um, idea to begin with. And then the execution, while you can tell it's a 90s music video, holds up in how impressively they were able to get it done. Like Chris, you brought up. Whether they shot two fills and then were able to to sync it perfectly and he just matched his movements if they were able to like I don't understand how they were able to do that, you know? Um, it's just yeah, it's just such a interesting but this is another uh music video that kind of aligns with uh, Michael Bolton's a little bit where there was like an attempt at a at an actual story. You see like a kid and maybe his yeah. mom at the beginning, and then and then you forget about it, and it's just Phil in like random tunnels, and then it's the the kid and the mom touch hands at the end, and they're together. They're always in each other's hearts, but like where that story lands within the music video, like doesn't make sense. It's it's just a it's. I could watch this music video over and over again because it's like visually interesting, but also I want to understand what the story is supposed to be. I think my favorite part might be the grand finale when like throughout the music video, Phil is in this like movie theater and there's people that are like coming in and sitting next to him and he's just like focused on the camera singing the song. And then like once the song fades out, he like reaches over and eats some popcorn out of the woman <laughs> next to him, popcorn bucket. It's just... Uh perfect phil collins comedy uh so speaking of music videos that we want to watch over and over again it's going up it's going up <laughs> against it's going up against you're welcome which is a collaboration between jordan fisher the artist that disney more than anyone tried to make happen yes uh, 
with with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the, the writer of the song in kind of like a complimentary cameo role. So the music video starts out split screen, just like Phil Collins. Lynn is in London. Jay Fish <laughs> is in New York. And they're like texting each other. These little text bubbles pop up, up. And he's like, Lynn's like, yo, Jordan, what you doing, man? He's like, I'm just having coffee in NYC. What you doing? Oh, I'm about to go to the studio in London. You want to come? Yeah, be right there. And then all of a sudden they show up. Like Jordan Fisher <laughs> shows up, like teleports to London. And they are just singing into the mic in this studio. Yes. Uh, honestly, like pretty boring. Uh, the, this rendition of your welcome is, is not good. No, like, it's not. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's a pretty like upbeat and fun song. And they tried to make it this like down tempo. They kind of like tried to like lean into the hip hop element of like the one hip hop verse that's in this song. Yes. Uh, and, and it just like, uh, they went the wrong way at the fork in the road, I yeah, think, because Jordan Fisher can be funny. Lin-Manuel can be funny. Uh, Lin-Manuel is not hard like he's just not no and they really are trying to make him look hard in this they're like a shot of him in the in the taxi cab and he's got this like scowl on his face he's dressed in like fashion you know and like the reason we think Lin-Manuel is so funny is because he's this he's a creative genius sure and he's and he's a dork I and but how is it that someone like that is like great at writing these like, or at least is impassioned at like writing these hip hop uh, verses? There's just like a disconnect between like his art sometimes and like the person he is. Thousand percent. And, and so I think like for Disney, it's a little bit hard to like bridge that gap. Yep. And that is apparent in this music video. Yeah. Um, where we, we get this version of Lynn and this version of Jordan Fisher that just doesn't feel authentic. It's, it feels a little bit too serious. Um, and and I was being sarcastic when I said a music video I want to watch again. Because <laughs> if I watch this music video again, it will be ironically. Because yes. I, I, I am not advancing it. Uh, Phil Collins, you'll be in my heart. Definitely uh, taking this matchup. It, I mean, it's definitely Disney leaning into uh, Lynn's star power to make this music video and this version of the song. Um, this is obviously from Moana. Love the song in the movie um, with The Rock. And I think it's it's well done in a fun moment. But if they already had Alessia Cara doing the best version of their anthem, and then they give us this as well as like a B-side, and it's not good. It's not good. No. The down tempo is just, it's awful for the song. We don't care about Jordan Fisher. This is just them getting Lynn into onto their album to help sell. And then because they have Lynn on the album, they have to do a music video with him. And, you know, he wrote all of the music for Moana. And so you can hear a lot of his cadence in all of the songs that are sung and 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 performed. And so it makes sense that he would hop on this one specifically because there is a rap verse. And I think that we talked about this uh, when I got out of Moana years ago. And I was like, of course, this movie that has music written by Moana or by Lynn Manuel obviously has a rap in it. <laughs> and it's so frustrating that they keep making these rap verses in Lynn productions. And I like, you know, if we get some sort of Latin rap in 
uh, in Kanto, I'm gonna walk we're out going of the to. theater. Like we're like we're absolutely go. I would bet my life on it. If they put it's just that so, in Mary Poppins, they're gonna put it in there. Like that, and that's what we talked about uh, last last episode was <sighs> Lynn rapping. Man, like he, I think he's a a lyrical genius. I think he's he knows how to use words in a way that other brains don't know how to do. Like it's phenomenal the way that he's able to connect dots and lines. Um, but he's he he's not good. Like he's a great writer, but he's not a good performer of these raps that are supposed to be performed by not a dork, as you brought up, Chris. Like his his image just doesn't match his lyricism. It's like the reason why we love David Diggs in Hamilton as Lafayette is because he knows how to deliver hip hop verses. Yeah. He knows how to do that. And he fits the mold and he's fantastic at it. Lynn isn't. This music video sucks. Yeah. It is so bad. I hope I never have to watch it again because I, it's just an awful song, awful music video, stupid premise. Why is Lynn in London when he lives in New York? Why is Jordan Fisher in New York when he probably lives in LA? Like none of this makes sense. I hate it. Uh, Phil Collins is definitely moving on, and I'll talk more about some of the weirdness of that music video in the next episode. Raymond, go ahead. Do your I hate Lynn spiel. I'm just wondering, you know, how many times are we going to watch a production with Lynn Manuel where he's consistently the worst voice in the group? <laughs> yes. And the thing Always with Lynn Manuel is that I think he's an amazing writer, and I think he also can't handle other people taking a spotlight from that. Mm. I think a lot of this comes back to like this, like, image of an attention hog in a way like where he has the chops to back it up don't get me wrong but he really has a hard time letting someone else take it there and so like even putting him in this video the whole time like if he was going to deliver a verse then like he could have just like filmed it separately and like put it on a tv like they do with Nicki minaj sometimes like if it was just that but instead they kind of made it like a little gay i was kind of hoping for something to happen (laughs) i was like look at them like this long distance relationship good for them Jordan's way right. out of his league, but like it's okay. He has money, <laughs> like it makes sense. And then Lin Manuel just made it like even more awkward with that slower rap. Like it really made yeah. me cringe harder than anything he's done before. And yeah. that takes a lot because he's consistently outdoing himself with the cringeworthy <laughs> aspects. Like I think Lin Manuel knows how good he is, and I think it's kind of a detriment to him sometimes. And even when I was watching In the Heights, like I watched it a bunch and like I just could have not had him in there. I really could have done without him. I really wanted that to happen. But yeah. that's just me. I'm a I'm an uh Lynn Manuel anti. That's just how I am. Yeah. Uh, Phil Collins, like, there's no competition for me. Like it's just yeah, it has to move on. Yeah, I wish Lynn would just be a writer. It, he's good at it. And he would be yeah. really like he is already a major star. I think watching him perform some of this is like kind of taking away some of the art of it because it just seems corny. Like, I don't know. Exactly. I can't handle yeah. him rapping anymore. I really cannot. <laughs> That's not what I'm here for. Any any version of it, Spanish, English, Tagalog, like none of it. I don't want any of it. <laughs> Perfect. Good thing we're leaving him behind. And moving <laughs> on to the next matchup, it is the number seven, Lead the Way by Janae Aiko versus the number 10, Al Cities, When Can I See You Again? This is awful. These are this is this is awful can you guys tell me the owl city song that's the parade song right yep that's the paint paint the night song and Which i got is, it's iconic i gotta say best best yeah. parade i'll be in the I mean, i'll this. be in the park like just gigging like in line walking to the next ride like when that comes on it's dance time it's i run to that song that's on my like run playlist it is such that chorus for the parade 
phenomenal. When the, the music cuts out, like the chops, hello. It's so... <laughs> <laughs> the production on the parade soundtrack is phenomenal. The production on this music video is awful. What is this? First of all, Al so City, <laughs> he needs to just be a voice. His like image is so stuck in 2008. It hurts my soul. So Al, Al City, I don't even know his name, is Mr. performing. City. Miss, <laughs> Sir City. <laughs> is performing in this fake arcade set with these ladies who are dancing behind him that are dressed up in what they're obviously going for this like candy crush aesthetic where they have like colored wigs and these skirts and these long socks like very anime-esque if i dare to say uh very very video game-esque and they're just dancing around he's you know, looking into a uh, arcade game as if we are the arcade game. He's looking through the screen at us. We can see, and he's just performing the song. The chorus of the song and like the parts that they use in the parade are phenomenal. Everything else is just not that interesting or good. Um, the as we raved about for a long time, the production of this song is phenomenal and paint the night, but it's a different production of the song than what we get. You're right in the original. Um, they take a lot of creative liberties in that. It's just a, a music video of the time. Like it's not good or bad. I don't think. Like he's he's not interesting as a human. This music video isn't necessarily interesting. It kind of feels like uh, what we would see on the Disney Channel to promote this movie. Like this would be in the commercials. We'd get a thirty second snippet of him performing this. You get uh, scenes from the movie itself. Uh, displayed not only in the arcade games, but sometimes just full screen, like it takes over the music video. It's just the recipe for a Disney pop song in general. It's like I said, this music video is not good or bad. Um, Janae Aieko's song from Raya and the Last Dragon, which I had never heard this song uh, until this bracket. It's just reflection done today. Yeah, It's the same music video. It's Janae sitting on things, looking at the camera. Um, I will say it's beautiful. Like it, the coloring is gorgeous. Um, the effects work for me. She like puts her hand into the water constantly and it changes her set into the different nations of this film, which I thought was like cool. It's not necessarily creative. It's what you would do if you had to do a music video for this movie, I think. Um, but it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, the song's pretty unmemorable. Like I couldn't sing it if I wanted to right now. Not going to listen to it again. Her, her, she's interesting as a performer and as an artist, because I don't think that her voice is hers necessarily. Like they do a lot to her voice yes, they do. and that's her style. And that's cool. It's like T-Pain, right? Like he uses uh, technology to sound different and enhance his, his brand. And she does the same thing, but it's done almost like T-Pain was done almost like over the top artistically and hers almost is like i don't know trying to make like trying to fool us to make her seem like this is her voice um and it works for some songs but not for like a disney pop hit i don't think like they could have chosen somebody else this is an alessia cara song like <laughs> get her in here with her unique voice and let her sing this let one let the pros do it <laughs> let the pros do it um so it's interesting. I mean, if we're going music video to music video, if there's one that I think is 
especially in this matchup, entertaining enough. I, I would have to just by default move Al City along. At least I can watch it and like laugh at the style of it. It's very of the time. It fits the the theme of the movie. Janae's fits the theme of the movie. Um, it's beautiful. All that good stuff. It's just I remember. It's just a meh song and music video. So I feel like I can't even move it along. Al City has a little bit more iconicism behind it. So it's gonna be Al City for me. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think Lead the Way is probably the most like visually striking music video on this bracket from like a quality perspective. Feels very up-leveled, lighting cool, costume cool, sets cool, effects cool. Everything looks so great, but that's it. Like it's kind of shallow at the same time. Yeah. So in New York, what a lot of barber shops do is like every barber has an iPad like at his station and and he'll like play just generic footage of like dope stuff right. it's not not really the music video just like here's some dope visuals to like look at while you're getting your hair cut <laughs> and like that's kind of what this musical felt this music video felt like to me it was like just a series of really cool shots totally that i would that i would watch when i'm in the barber chair yeah i was immediately bored I was immediately yeah. bored with Jenny. Like, for me, my eyes did the same thing as the Beauty and the Beast video. Like, it was kind of just like all these like darkened sets. Like, ooh, now it's nighttime, lights in the city. I just like the song. Like you said, wasn't memorable. I think that Jenny, as an artist, she suffers from pretty privilege, where she kind of could just do whatever, get whatever gig she wants because she's gorgeous. But sure. as far as like making a memorable pop song, I don't think she has that. I really don't. Owl City might have it. I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm going with Owl City as well. I mean, I think I like this video more than you do, Kyle, and I'm excited to talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you agree with that, Raymond? Yeah, definitely. Let's move on to the next matchup. It is number three. Can you feel the love tonight by Elton John versus number 14, Part of Your World by Carly Rae Jepsen. So two gay icons. Finally, yeah. <laughs> finally, Carly Ray enters the Mouse Madness arena. Here we go. She's here. She has arrived. So, like, I just want to like briefly, or maybe not so briefly, take a walk down memory lane because this is one of the first things that I remember going viral, like as we know it today. There were obviously things like the sneezing panda or lightsaber kid or chocolate rain kind of like in the early 2000s. But I think of going viral like call me maybe Rebecca Black Friday, yep. Coney 2012, yep. the Harlem Shake, Gognum style stuff that is high quality produced almost with the intent of going viral or you see um, the powers that be investing a lot more money into this kind of smaller content without name appeal yet. Right. Uh, so Carly Rae to kind of the general public seems like a one hit wonder. But as you said, Raymond, like she, she's been making music this whole time. Good. It's just no one. Right. And like, but not everyone is listening to it anymore. Um, so I, I will not be calling her a one hit wonder on this bracket. By, by <laughs> Thank <any> you. <laughs> yeah. But she is interesting. Like in this particular rendition of part of your world, she doesn't really excel 
at one thing or this music video doesn't really excel at one thing. Carly Rae doesn't have the Carrie Underwood voice where she's just like can hit that note perfect that can just stop the whole room. Um, She has a much more realistic, almost like raspiness to her voice that I actually really enjoy in this version of Part of Your World that is often sung very perfectly because it is a difficult song to sing. Right. So, so I, I, I liked it. Um, but the visuals of this song <laughs> are, are, are strange. So Carly Rae Jepsen gets dropped off on a bus in, in East LA and, and like walks downtown, yeah. which when you get off the bus in LA, because you want to be famous, you don't, you don't go downtown. You go to Santa Monica, you get dropped off at the bungalow or right. Finn McCool's. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, so so like she, she's clearly like depicted to be this like struggling person in Los Angeles that has just arrived. She's got a job as a dishwasher. And meanwhile, she's living in this dope loft space (laughs) that is like enormous and has this beautiful clawfoot tub and all of these really cool lighting fixtures. Um, and and it's it's really confusing. I'm like, so are you are you struggling or are you not struggling? And that's further confused by the content of the song, which really is sung by a character who is of privilege, right. who's trying to say like, um, it like doesn't matter like what walk of life you're from, you can always experience the feeling of wanting or being a restless soul. Uh, and that's like an important part of the song. So. I feel that it would have been better if Carly Rae was playing herself and maybe she had Mm. just come out of like a big record meeting and she was in her mansion in Hollywood Hills and she was singing this song. Um, I think it would, I think it would have made more sense like with, with the song. Uh, And then like the ultimate, like uh, what moment is at the end when she's got a tail and (laughs) turns out, Turns out Carly Rae Jepsen was a mermaid the whole time. It's like I, I, okay. what I liked about this music video was that it used like that classic and overdone like scary movie trope where like the reflection is like looking at her or smiling and singing at her. Like, oh yeah, like, the main yeah. Carly's like stone face. Like I thought that was so scary but fun, like very campy, and I didn't <laughs> think that they really thought that one through all the way. Right, right I think right. they were just like, here's this really cute girl. She looks like female Owl City. Let's put her in a bathtub. Let's have her have full bangs, like, you know, and they try to make it seem like a, an updated version of the ballad, which I did appreciate. I do like her sound on that. Which is interesting that they even made this because this was done for the, like, some random anniversary release of The Little Mermaid. Like, this was on the DVD, essentially. Uh, mm. And so it's just interesting that they, I, I would assume that they promoted buying the DVD by showing you this music video, but I had never seen or heard this version until this bracket. It's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, like it, at this point in time, like I have sky Sweetenum's version, number one, Carly <laughs> Rae Jepsen, number two, and then the original Jody Benson, number three, like that's all I'm saying. So, uh, this video, uh, Perhaps even more surprisingly than Weezer, this Carly Rae Jepsen video has 1.6 million views on YouTube, which is Whoa. for for like Disney records to upload a music video with someone with the name appeal of Carly Rae with the the song that everyone knows to only have 1.6 million views, kind of kind of surprising. Um, so that song's going up against Elton John. Can you feel the love tonight? One word. 
describes this song. Hologram. <laughs> He's holo- hologram. Weird hologram. Yeah, like fuzzy, like static, like very odd. Before there was two before there was Tupac hologram, <laughs> there was Elton John hologram in Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And his like body and face expression in hologram mode is so good. It was like it was like he didn't know he was gonna be a hologram or like didn't know what to do. It was like he was maybe preaching or like just uh listening to worship music and just like taking in the word of God, like in the he had his arms out like this. And that's that's the first thing I wrote down was he is dressed like a cult leader. He looks like he traveled to the African savannah to like brainwash all yep. the pride lands to yep. listen to him and colonizer Elton John. no literally it was giving colonizer vibes if he had that like weird little hat it would have been way worse thank god he didn't <laughs> he just had like the gen z like e-boy earring and i was like that's <laughs> cute of him too i think that it was the corniest <laughs> one of the bunch i gotta admit i think elton john just looked so hilarious that it took me out of the moment uh, most yeah. of the time i mean it's a classic yeah. song i think i'd rather I'd rather it be that than it to be like a human love story with him singing over it. I think the animals are cute still, but I could tell yeah, that I, the early, it was like the early days of like trying to put him into the cartoon. And I think that was like really the kill there for them. It did not work at all. <laughs> Looked scary. Kyle, you kind of described it in the intros as like a house that was falling apart during the versions where Elton is like playing his piano. Yeah. Um, yes. But I felt like that set matched the like whimsy of the Elton John aesthetic. And I thought like all in all, the kind of like weirdness uh, felt felt right. Okay. Um, like we, we all know my thoughts on the Lion King. Yeah. We don't like it. So, <laughs> um, but like, I think Can You Feel the Love uh. Tonight is probably my favorite song from the movie. It's a great song. So, right. It's a good song. And like, I I think I enjoy this music video more than what's in the movie. Sure. So if, if I could just be watching The Lion King, which I don't do, but like, let's say I was, then you would just drop in this Elton John <laughs> where, like in the in, during that sequence because it already has <laughs> the only moment in that sequence you need, which is Nala giving the f- me eyes to, to Simba. <laughs> right. Also, like uh, random, this transfer that they made to YouTube looks so high def. Like it looks it's, so so good. It's like so high def that Raymond, you brought up like his hologram is like static, almost as if like they didn't intend for it to. It probably didn't look that way when they released it, but now that they re-uploaded it in 4K, we can see everything. Yeah, impressive that they probably like had that real um so shout out to whoever transferred that uh you deserve a raise (laughs) oh man it's tough at the end of the day i think i'm gonna go with carly ray because that music video really felt produced like uh originally you know like it really felt like that was someone's idea that you know was born and executed and died um, whereas the, the Elton John one kind of felt a little bit automatic for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Elton's is awkward. That's just an awkward music video. It's like Raymond brought up like him looking like a, a preacher cult leader 
singing almost as if like they didn't have a premise for what the music video was going to be. And they just said, sing the song, how you would sing it. Um, I, I need a, a, a version of Star Wars where R2-D2 uh, projects Elton John preaching instead of Princess Leia. <laughs> really bad. Like there's a message and it's just Elton. Can you feel it's a it's a it's a bad music video. Um, Carly Rae Jepsen's at least is, you know, the story is fun interesting the um the reflection not matching what the actual human is doing is an enough for me to stay interested and then the reveal that she was a mermaid all along is just so dumb but it, of course they were gonna do it um in this matchup it's definitely carly ray is gonna move on past elton uh raymond do you agree yeah 100 percent crj every day let's move on to our final matchup of this bracket of 16 it is the number six remember me a duo by miguel Versus the Jump 5 version of Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. I'm so glad that Jump 5 is back on this Mouse Madness podcast because I love Jump 5 so much. I love them so much. This music video is basically, and we brought this up, I'm going to continue to do this comparison. The music video for Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride is our favorite group, Jump 5, at a beach luau, essentially, singing the song. Stitch shows up every once in a while is dancing with them. They're doing the very quintessential like 2000s pop group dance as they sing. A lot of like fists pumping, a lot of formation similar like mm-hmm. formation two in the back. <laughs> like running man-esque movements uh and and then Stitch shows up and they're at a luau and they're having fun. It looks like a beach party. And it's basically I I still think it was all inspired by the Disney sing along episode where it was was a beach party at Walt Disney World and they're having it. It's the same. It looks the same. I wouldn't be surprised if they shot this at the Polynesian Resort. I literally love that video. Yeah, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if they shot it at the Polynesian Resort uh, to get that luau stuff. It's a very Jump 5 music video. It's, It's them having a party on the beach, which is a luau, singing Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Uh, The song is phenomenal <laughs> it's very like pop punk mixed with like some i don't know i don't even know what else to call it the whisper voice uh, verse comes back we get them whispering hawaiian lyrics it's just overall an interesting choice for disney to make uh for for uh, lilo and stitch up against miguel's uh remember me which was the credit song to coco and like honestly the i don't have her name written down what who's the featured artist natalia lacaforda gorgeous her voice is phenomenal queen the verse that she sings and uh she has the backup vocalists that come in and kind of give you this like lullaby kind of remember me like it's just it's so gorgeous and miguel um, too and miguel i mean like this is such a good version of Remember Me that we definitely never talk about. Like, it's, it's just, yes. It, and like, for, uh, for a uh, music video in which it's mostly just them sitting in a room singing into the camera, there's, the set is gorgeous. Anytime that you're going to use anything Coco related, I think it's going to naturally be beautiful. That's a beautifully done movie and with a lot of gorgeous colors. And so... It translated so well to this music video where they're in this attic. Uh, there's an ofrenda there. They're they're you know um, lighting candles. Uh, the the woman's getting ready in the mirror, and and we see her singing into the mirror. We see her reflection singing. 
they dance at the end. It's really cute. Like they are obviously together in the same room. I I was like, is this another Beauty and the Beast situation where they just kind of like keyed her in? Nope. They got them both together. It's a it's a it's just a gorgeous song. Yeah. Uh, it's a gorgeous rendition of the song. And the music video is beautiful. As fun as Jump Five is, you know, it's very 2000s pop punk, high energy. We're at a luau. We're dancing around. You cannot. I, it's Remember Me. It's for sure Remember Me. It's just such a beautifully done music video uh, that just feels warm. Like you watch it and you're like, I'm warm inside and this is beautiful and I love it a lot. So Remember Me for is going to move on. Uh, you know, you know, <laughs> here comes, I, here comes Chris. you know, listen, you know, it, 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 I really have to like suck up my pride. I know to admit anything about Coco yeah. is good. Yeah. Um, but this music video is one of those things that is good. I think one word I would use to describe this video is vibey. It is very oh. vibey. Um, the song itself is vibey and they do a good job matching that vibiness with the video where like they're literally just it looks like the type of room I want to have in my house one day. That's like a little vinyl listening lounge. You know, yes. it's honestly like what I had envisioned my little New York loft area <laughs> that I'm currently in right now was supposed to look like before I ran out of money. But uh, I love it, you know, and um, so many of these artists that do these music videos, they do the absolute most with their facial expressions because they're trying to sell themselves and sell the song. And both of these performers really do the least. Uh, It is very subtle and that makes it feel very real. Like it's just, you've just walked in on a little jam sesh, little listening session and they're just chilling. Um, So, so I really like it. There's almost like a smokiness or a haziness, um, whether that was in the room or added in post, I don't know, but I think it adds to it. Well, there were a lot of candles going on, which (laughs) as a former fire safety officer, I would say that that quantity of candles on carpet in a wooden attic, not the best idea, but I understand (laughs) that there was an ofrenda there and that, you know, that's kind of the point. Oh um, my goodness. So uh, it crossed my mind, is all I'm saying. Hawaiian roller coaster ride is back. I uh, uh, I mean it's 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 a goat. It's a goat. Like it is sure. one of the best things Disney has ever done. <laughs> that song and this music video. And so it the song won our best Disney Mania bracket. And I think a lot of that, the strength of that song is attributed to the visuals in this music video because like we think about them kind of one in the same where like if you had just listened to it on its own whatever it's good but like now that you can like picture jump fives singing this song on a beach it just enhances the quality of the song <laughs> sure i'm going with hawaiian roller coaster ride because i would not be able to sleep at night Boom. knowing that i eliminated that video in the first round of this bracket so Boom. i'm throwing it to raymond to end things so I hate to do it to you. I'm going to have to go with Miguel. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Miguel for aesthetics, voice, ability. I'm, I was watching the Hawaiian roller coaster ride video, and I think it's a microaggression. Having her scream those Hawaiian lyrics at us like that, with the little blonde <laughs> hair, the little Abercrombie and Fitch vibe, you know, it's like, can you not be on native land? How about you guys not sing this song oh for like gosh. two seconds? Like, I get it. 
There was like a classic like Disney bonfire vibe, you know. But at the end of the day, it was giving old Navy summer sale once again. Like <sighs> they don't have the flavor. They have the chops. They have like the ability to grab your attention. But to deliver a song like Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride, like you have to like either be Hawaiian, like roller coasters, or like riding or something. But I just don't <laughs> think that they had any of those. Now Miguel, Miguel had it all. So yes. Miguel, Miguel is actually a Mexican legend. He's African American and Mexican, and I think that that flavor really can come out with the Coco song, and it totally did for me. Like he was singing that; it was up there with the original version, like the movie version. I think they're both tied for amazing. I think that it did have a vibey feel to it. Like I felt like I was in that room with them, yes. and I enjoyed that because it gives me like a. I don't know, like an experience of a video. Not so much as background, like, nonsense. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with Miguel. I am. Sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I will admit, I watched it twice. It's uh, good. I was like, shoot, I got to watch it again. But I watched Hawaii Roller Coaster Ride like 19 times. So <laughs> not always saying much. All right, y'all. We have finished the first round. We will pick things up on the next episode where we will have in our round of eight, Number one, Reflection versus number nine, Weezer's Lost in the Woods. Number four, Beauty and the Beast versus number 12, Carrie Underwood's Ever After. Number two, Philharmonic Phil's You'll Be in My Heart versus number 10, When Can I See You Again? Finally, number 14, Carly Rae's Part of Your World versus number six, Remember Me. Raymond, thank you so much for joining us on this music video adventure. Yes, thank you guys so much for having me. That was awesome. I like I like I think, everything about that. <laughs> I think there were a lot of kind of like uh, interesting matchups. There were a lot of ones that like two difficult ones, like good ones going against each other and like two not so good ones going against each other. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how the drama develops here. All right, y'all. Well, in the meantime, you know how to reach us if you have something to say about these music videos. Did we miss a music video? We would love to hear from you. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. All of those are linked in the description of this podcast. Till we're in your arms again. Recuerdame. Nailed it. <laughs>